This is the smell of the leftover tuna fish sandwich you left in your lunchbox over the weekend in a wimpy trash bag. Wimpy, wimpy, wimpy! Blech! And this is the smell of that same sandwich in a hefty, ultra-strong trash bag. Hefty, hefty, hefty! Ah, smell the difference? Hefty Ultra Strong has Arm & Hammer with continuous odor control, so no matter what's inside your trash. Hmm. You can stay one step ahead of Stinky. And for bigger jobs, try the superior strength of Hefty Large Black Bags. Blog Talk Radio. This pot smells delicious, and it's the base for our ultimate beef stew. Beef stew. Now we're talking about beef stew. Beef stew. Try this beef Try this beef Hey guys, this is Tanir, and when I'm in Harlem, I'm chilling with DJ Big Stu on the Beast Radio. I hope that you love me like I love you because I think that we can make this last forever, but I'm scared to go too far with this. I need your love. Don't want to need your love.
Welcome to the show. Welcome to the show. You know who it is. It's your man, DJ Big Stu, live from Harlem. We do it up on this Sunday. You know what I'm saying? Got it going on. Got a little drizzle out here in Harlem, but you know how it is. You make sure you follow us on Twitter at Chapter Letters Big Stu Radio number 11. Make sure you also follow us on Instagram, Big Stu 110. And you can follow me, like I always say, as long as you ain't no virus, you can follow me on Facebook.com at DJ Big Stu. Follow me and make sure you check out our new movie that's out. It's in the film festivals. Um, we get ready to release it probably in August. The, you know, uncelebrated pioneer, the history of Harlem hip-hop. You know what I'm saying? We definitely got that going on. We're going out to Vegas to do the West Coast screening. The first premier screening is in the West Coast out in Vegas at the Action on Film Festival. So if you're out in Vegas and you're trying to get some tickets, holler at us. But um, as promised to y'all, man, we promise y'all we're going to have a super superb guest in the building today. We got, you know what I mean? We got the chef that cooks for all the top stars, man. He got all the flavors doing this thing. We got Chef James. We got Chef, excuse me, Chef Jerome Brown in the building. He's in the building. Let's get in there and be Stu Radio. You in the building, fam? What's going on, man? How you doing? Ah, uh, man, welcome to the show, man. We glad to have you, man. Thank you. Thank on the you. Ah, uh, man, I don't know where you calling from right now. So right now I'm at home in Rocky Mountain, North Carolina, man, just relaxing on this amazing Sunday. That's what I can dig it. I can dig it. Now we're going to get right into it, man. Like, how did what, how did it start, man? How did it all start for you, man? How did it cook in and, you know, how did it all start for you from day one? Whew, man, what a story. I mean, it, for me it goes back to my younger days, you know, cooking at the age, start cooking at the age of seven. And uh, fast forward until, you know, I graduated from high school. Every job I ever had was cooking-related or food-related in some sort of way. I went from that to owning my own businesses at an early age to working for Walt Disney World and ultimately working for 23 years for NBA and NFL athletes. And that in itself turned into opportunities, doors opening, just a little bit of everything, man, you know, just being able to tap into circumstances that I never thought or things that I only saw or people I've only seen on television. It really just opened up the doors for me to just be able to share this gift that I've been able to literally share all over the world. And I'm grateful for that. I really am. I can dig it, man. Like, what what is it like to cook for Shaq, man? You know what I mean? Like, that's, that's you know, a lot of cats just ask me to ask you that. Like, what is it like to cook for Shaq, and what's his favorite meal? So, so the big fella, you know, as we call him, big fella or big, um, cooking for him is always an adventure. It's always something different. It's always a um, tall order, pun intended. <laughs> Uh, but it really is. I mean, the thing about him is just knowing what what's in order for his day and, and being able to utilize uh, what his day is laid out, how it's laid out, to determine what's going to work best for his energy or what work best for, at least in his playing days, um, the ability to perform at his optimal level at a given time. And so um, I think he, he really during that time he tried to stay lean, he tried to keep it very lean. Fish, chicken, no pork, no beef, or very little. Uh, at that time, I, now I don't even think he eats 
eat all pork at all. I know he doesn't eat pork. He never did. So um, it was just one of those things, man, when you know an individual as, as their personal chef, then you know exactly what they're needing uh, for any for any day, regardless of what's going on. Now really I'm the same you goes too. for the entire family. Oh, even the sons and the wifey and everything. Absolutely, yeah, absolutely. All right. Now I got a little twist. Um, these questions got a little twist on it. Who's the hardest person that it was hard to cook for, and who's your favorite person <laughs> that you cook? Oh man. Um, well, I'll start with the latter. The, the favorite question, I would say, all of them. And, and and I know that sounds like the easy way out, but it's the truth. It's true because when you when you prepare, first of all, let me back up. When you're in somebody's home, day in and day out, nobody's different from the previous person or the next person. Um, nobody's different in that you have to customize everything that you're going to do for that individual person. And so for me, uh, you know, the, I would say the hardest depending on the individual and the individual moments. For example, Byron Cage, the gospel artist, it was tough for him because you always had to be a step ahead of him with, with what he had going on with his schedule. So sometimes I would know his schedule before he would. We're talking to different individuals, and then I would have to prepare for that. But because he was the type of person that would change on a dime, you know, it, it, it didn't always work out. Um, so you have to sometimes be able to think before that person does and anticipate what their need is going to be. Shaq was the type of person that he was very easy to prepare for because he has such a consistent regimen, but it's preparing for everybody around him or being prepared for whoever the guest is that may come home with him um, or meet him at his house. You have to be prepared for every single thing. So that's just a tough question to answer because it was all relevant to the individual. Um, you have different different uh, moods that you had to deal with. Um, you know, some people are very temperamental. Some people are, are very antsy. Some people are very uh, regimented. It literally would change from person to person. But then you have weird things that you have to take into consideration, like Mike Bibby, when he was playing with the Atlanta Hawks, um, mashed potatoes was something he wanted to have every single day, every single meal. Byron Cage would love, um, he would love Brussels sprouts. And so he would eat those several times a week. I hated Brussels sprouts, but you know what? I I learned to cook them a million different ways. So it just really depends on the individual. Now, I'm not going to let you get out my other question now. <laughs> Which one? <laughs> Which one? The, 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 the hardest to work for. <laughs> Man, Ike Austin. Isaac Austin was the hardest, um, and I think because he was my very first client, and my very first mm. NBA client, I should say. And um, so learning the lifestyle, and it literally was like a boot camp, right? Um, it, it was like a boot camp. It was it was knowing, having to learn rather, you know, what how to deal with somebody in their moods versus, you know, anticipating what's going on in their life. 
And so I would think that because I was just learning, it was it was that was probably the hardest out of all of them. But I'm grateful for the now, opportunity that he gave me. I, I would have thought it would have been Colin Powell. <laughs> you know you know what I'm saying? I, but yeah, I mean, I mean, they, you know, you know, the, the, the you know the, the you know secretary, you know what I'm saying? That's like almost royalty. I thought that might have been, but I guess you knocked that one out the park when you got to him because you didn't even mention. Well, you know, I, well, the I thing mean, the, the thing about Colin Powell though, I wasn't his personal chef per se. Colin Powell was okay. just someone that I had the opportunity to cook for on a couple of different occasions, so I didn't have that issue with him. Yes, kind of normal a little bit, but it wasn't it wasn't the same as a Shaquille O'Neal or Byron Cage or or any number of the uh, professional athletes. It just wasn't. Now, when you when you be their personal chef, do you feel like you become like family with them? Because you do you live in the house with them for a certain period of time, or do you just go to different people and, and cook at a certain time each person meal? All all of that. So um, so during the heyday of it all, you know, certain players I would live with, like Damon Jones, who's, you know, on, doing a lot of the first take appearances and wake-up appearances on ESPN right now, um, I actually live with him in his home. Uh, Shaq, no, I have my own place, as, as with most clients, you know, I have my own residence. So I would go and come, and then in the summertime, I would actually travel with him. Now, Raymond Felton, I lived with him for uh, two seasons, uh, both in uh, New York and Portland. Short periods of time and then, you know, I go ahead and get my own place. So it just depends on person to person. Byron Cage, I live with him. Um, trying to think who else. I mean, it just varies from person to person, honestly. You know, when a person think of a personal chef, they think a person is just cooking all day for this person. Uh, you know, how do your day go? Like, is it that you cook a certain amount of hours? And, like, no, and you go, it, and you it, go, go No, nah, it really, again, it goes by, because every, every client is different. You know, my relationship with every client varies. If it's a professional athlete, then you would take into account what their daily schedule is once you've learned it. So, for example, Shaquille O'Neal was the first person that I would see in the morning, and he, I was the first person he would see and the last person he would see before he'd go to bed as it relates to his food. So so um, it just depends. If, you know, if they have a family, then, you know, you may deal with their families and, and, and may see them very little. Bishop Eddie Long, I saw his family far more than I saw him. So it, it, it really just depends on on the individual person or their family. Raymond Felton was a different one. Once you know, for example, if they had shoot around um, on game day, or if they had practice on a non-game day, I think your schedule will fluctuate depending on that. Or in the case of Byron Cage, was he going out of town? Did he want to eat before he got on a plane? Or did he want to eat after he landed? It really depended. And some some of those individuals, you know, if they had a workout regimen, or uh, then they would have to incorporate that with their travel schedule um, uh, between games or between concert schedules. Or it, it really just depends. You really have to customize every single situation, every single one. 
Now, you know, a lot of things go on at the dinner table. So now being a personal chef, I know, and, and cooking for some celebrities, some celebrities go through scandals and stuff like that. Now, how does that work for you? Like, a celebrity going to scandals, you got to cook. And, you know, things he said at the dinner table. How, have you ever had some crazy experiences like that? <laughs> Man, let me tell you something. When you're a personal chef, you hear, but you don't hear. You see what you don't see, you know what you don't know. If if I wanted to sit down and write a book on things I've seen or known, you know, I would destroy a bunch of lives. I literally mm-hmm. would, man. And, and on top of career suicide. So I, I don't I don't I don't um divulge I don't divulge those things and, and break the trust of individuals. I would have never lasted this long had I ever um, talked about things that's been done inside of somebody's household, and that's the thing about when you when you work in that in close proximity to someone's family or to an individual, you really can do damage if you were to divulge those type of things. And I just have never been that type of person, you know. And and and, and actually, and the thing about it. That's that. I think that's the thing why it's been a, a blessing to my life because people know that once I'm in their close circle, you know what go on, what's being said, their personal moments remains that. I mean, we're talking about you know almost 25 years now. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So yeah, nah, man, and- yeah. But I, you know, I have my things I think about sometimes and I laugh or. You know what I mean? Or I could pick up the phone and call a person and ask them how they're doing, how they're getting along, you know, and ask about specific situations and and, and then offer, you know, correct advice. Because not everybody around these individuals will, will, you know, always give them good advice. You know what I mean? Surely. And so it's the responsibility mm-hmm. that come along with this. I, I dig it, and, and the reason why I said that is you like you know, like you. I can imagine because you know at the dinner table a lot be said, and you the man that serve at the dinner table. So I know I can imagine. Now on on like another hand, do you find as an African American chef was there challenges for you? You know, like in that industry, not so much in the personal side of things, not, not in terms of a personal chef side of the industry. But certainly in the restaurant, I mean, you, you definitely deal with the good old boy system. You definitely deal with, um, you know, regardless of whether you are an excellent chef or not, you know, there's oftentimes preferential treatment, you know, depending on the circumstances. There are people who don't care what your race, color, creed is. If you can do the job and you're excellent at it, they won't, they, they'll pay you whatever it is that you need to be paid in order to, to, for you to deliver. But then there's definitely, you know, those circumstances, at least early on in my career, not now, but early on in my career, oh, definitely, man. You see people take credit for your work, <laughs> credit for ideas, you know, mm-hmm. jealous because they think you make five cents more than they do. I went through all of that. And, and, and because of that, I can mentor young chefs now on how to navigate through that, you know what I mean? And and wow. and avoid some of those obstacles. So, so yeah, man. But we all go through it. Every last one of us. Do you work in a restaurant now, or you just simply do personal stuff? No, I um, I, I said I'd never work in a restaurant again 
unless I hold it. Um, you know, from time to time, I still do particular particular rest, uh, private chef moments. But for the most part, right now, I am the executive chef of the event center in Rocky Mountain, North Carolina. And um, mm-hmm. that allows me to, you know, as the executive chef, to run the show. And um, and so, and that's that's pretty much what I'm doing right now. Now, are you now are you expanding into the new world? And when I say the new world, I'm talking about the cannabis food cooking. Have you experimented with that? Absolutely, <laughs> absolutely. Really? Man. I've, I've developed <laughs> I've developed some um, some products. <laughs> I've developed some products, you know. Uh, that that you can be looking forward to come out within the next year or so. Uh, absolutely, my experience with that. I, what kind of chef would I be if I didn't? <laughs> I mean, and, that and really the is the new thing. Let us know when you come to New York, man. We might want to hire you for a vet, man, because we're looking to do one of those things. We just haven't found us a chef, you know, that know how to experiment Listen. with that. Listen, man. Right. The date, the, the date, and the time. Is all I need, and, and we can really talk about it. You got my phone number. You know, we definitely, uh, you call me when you're ready for it. We get it on the calendar. I'll come to New York when we make that happen. No doubt, no doubt, no doubt, man. Now, before we let you go, we want to ask you, you know, what could you give a young chef out there? You know, what advice can you give them? I always say to, to young chefs that there's two things. Number one, Remain teachable. Remain teachable uh, no matter what because you will never, ever know it all in this industry. And the other thing is that great service is long remembered after a good meal. That's it. Mm. You, got you do that and you always have a job. That's, that's real, too. That's real talk. Do you have any cookbooks or anything out there where people can follow you or any videos out there that people that might want to catch up with you? Absolutely. Uh, I've written two cookbooks. Uh, the first one was called Eat Like a Celebrity, Southern Cuisine with a Gourmet Twist. It, was, it came out in 2014. It was actually the 2014 Cookbook of the Year by the African American Literary Awards Show right there in New York. And uh, my current cookbook that's out is Carolina Soul, The Down Home Taste of the Carolinas. It's a book that's indigenous to North and South Carolina. And um, I'm really proud of this book. Um, it, you know, I'm able to talk about a lot of the, the things that make the Carolinas so rich uh, from cooking and food heritage. So I'm grateful for those, and they both have done very well for me. And um, you can find me on all the social media. On uh, Twitter is Chef J Rome, um, and on uh, Facebook and Instagram is Chef Jerome Brown. Now, that, now, that, that's dope, man. That's with the Carolinas, because you know my, I gotta tell my mom's about that. My mother's actually from South Carolina, grew in South Carolina, so I know she loves oh, to yeah? look at. Yeah, that's where my family's from. We moved up from there to Harlem, you know what I mean? But, yeah. I love it. <laughs> so I love it. I know my family <laughs> love to look at that book. 
But, hey, check it, man. You know, you got a home here uptown in Harlem, man. Whenever you get to the city, we would love to have you coming. And I would love to find out more, like, how to book you and all that stuff, you know. Um, I'd love to find out that information, man, because, um, you know, sounds very interesting. I would love to trace your dishes. And like I said, you got anything you want to promote here or something, man, bring it back, man. You got a home here, man. We thank you for coming. Man, I appreciate that, for real. I really do. You can always book me, man. Anybody that want to book me can um, – Hit me up on my on email, chefrome at gmail.com, C-H-E-F-R-O-M-E at gmail.com, or all those social media sites, I do answer, and I will definitely hit you back immediately. All right, all right, all right. So once again, Chef Jerome Brown, you know, for the stars, for the celebrities. Now, now y'all got to understand what y'all call them. It ain't going to be cheap. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's my hey, little snack. You time behind there, baby. So, <laughs> so let's keep it real. But the food is probably tremendous. I'm understanding that. We definitely, definitely see him blowing up. So, once again, we thank the homie for being on the show. We got 112 tonight in the building. We're going to get into that live from Harlem. This is B2 Radio. We do it up, y'all. Let's get it. This a hundred racks, it ain't running out. This a hundred racks, it ain't running out. Please take good like a peppermint. Two black trucks left in peppermint. Straight good night, put on racks out. You a bad little bitch, put the back out. Back out. Bad little bitch, put the back out. This pot smells delicious. 
talking about beef stew. Beef This episode is made possible by PwC. It's getting hot out here. Moving the mercury can help move your business. PwC helps turn sustainability theory into real-world action. Reduce your carbon footprint while increasing transparency in net zero commitments. Start with reporting to identify your climate risks and reinvent your business. Create a more sustainable business and a stronger planet. It's all part of the new equation. Learn more at thenewequation.com. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.